You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today, Let's go ahead and break down the college football playoff rankings from last night. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Where does Texas A&M come in? What else has to happen? And we'll also do a little early preview. I'll do more tomorrow for sure. But we're going to do a little bit of an early preview of what to expect against Ole Miss. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by McDonald's. Make sure you stop by McDonald's every single day. It is America's greatest fast food chain. It is the greatest burger you could ever have. And on top of that, they have the McRib back. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day right here on Locked on Aggies. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com. Yep, we are on YouTube. We are growing the channel every single day. So hit that subscribe button right down there below. Don't miss any of the action or check us out at LockedOnPodcast.com. As always, I am Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. So you can follow me on Twitter right down there below. Anything that you want to hear on the show, what you want us to talk about, what you like, what you don't like, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Chicken DD, little birdie. Let's go ahead and dance. Talk about the actual college football playoff because there's a lot that goes into the conversation right now. Who are in the top 10? Where does Texas A&M rank? I'll tell you right now in a second. And how does this game upcoming actually really help or benefit or hurt Texas A&M as a whole? So let's go ahead and talk about the first thing. A&M. They move up from number 14 to number 11. They jump all three spots into just outside the top 10. They are the highest two-loss team in the country based off the college football playoff implications. And that is big. That is huge. They are higher up than several one-loss teams, which is another big testament, and they're higher up than UTSA, but I'll get into that in a little bit. There's a whole conversation on that in the second segment, so we'll do that in a minute. But A&M is the highest two-loss team in the country, and if somehow, some way, any one of these teams in the top 10 lose next week and A&M wins, it's going to be really hard to say that they're not a top 10 team. It is going to be almost impossible to say that they are not a top 10 team because if not only would they have a top 15 win over the likes of Auburn, but they'd have a top 15 win over the likes of Ole Miss because coming in at number 15 after winning against Liberty is Ole Miss. And I know that people are going to come out there and say, what's the difference between a top, uh, top 15 and a top 20 game? A lot. There's actually a lot that goes into that because also with Mississippi State losing – and Arkansas winning, you watched a switch. Now Arkansas, who did beat AM in week four, is number 25 in the country. And Mississippi State is no longer ranked. So with that in mind, it now hurts AM's chances as a college football playoff loss perspective of what happened. That they have one team that they lost to that is no longer ranked, and another team that barely is ranked coming in at the final spot, no matter if they were a surging team at the top of the year when you know everything kind of started off when Arkansas was looking like a legitimate, just somehow out of nowhere contender kind of thing. But those are some things you have to take into consideration. Those are some things you have to look at. Those are some things that when I go, you know, watch on paper, kind of see consistently around. That is what I'm seeing, is that it hurts AM in that aspect, but it helps AM that they can probably get another top 15 win over Ole Miss. Now, 
The top four, let's go ahead and talk about that because, again, I know that this is a Locked on Aggie show, but we got to go ahead and focus on everyone else ahead of AM. That way we know where they are sitting going into this conversation. The changes were not at the top. Georgia number one, Alabama number two. So for AM, that's really good. The committee did not give a flying fadoodle that they almost – all right, plain and simple, crap the bed against LSU at home, an unranked LSU team. So with that in mind, now number three is Oregon because of CJ Verdell. I mean, even without CJ Verdell, you have to um, you have to understand that uh, Oregon still is winning football games. They're still playing at a consistent level, even without Anthony Brown being a legitimate good passer. So they move up in Ohio State, which lost to Oregon in week two, moves up to the number four spot from the number five spot. So those are just some things right there. Number five is now Cincinnati, who will not play a ranked opponent for the remainder of the season unless Houston somehow can get ranked before the AAC championship game, which is basically kind of set in stone. Houston, Cincinnati, those are the two playing it out. Probably the winner of that one gets into a not uh, 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 by, um, uh, New Year's Six Bowl game, if not the college ball playoff, if you're Cincinnati. So you got that underneath your belt. And then after that, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma. Sorry about that. Notre Dame at 9, Oklahoma State at 10. Now, I said this on Just Saying in my national radio show that I do on Sports Map Radio every single day, Monday through Friday, if you want to go check that out. I believe that Oklahoma State is now the surprise team that actually could find a way to make it to the college football playoff. And let me explain why. Because if they have bedlam. And not only do they have Bedlam, the way that Baylor's defense plays against Oklahoma is very similar to what you saw how West Virginia played. It's very similar to what you saw how Kansas played. It's very similar to what you saw how Oklahoma State has played against teams, how Iowa State has played against teams. Consistent. They're very consistent despite being in the Big 12. I could absolutely see Baylor, who jumped down from number 11, I want to say, to now number, I think, 14, 13 or 14. It's one of those two. I could see them getting the upset. I absolutely could. Which then would mean Oklahoma, who has been overrated all year, inconsistent play offensively and poor offensive line execution and Spencer Rattler and the emergence of Caleb Williams too late, all that in mind. When you look, that actually probably takes them out of the top 10 despite having one loss, which then would move A&M into the top 10. So that's one way. And then say Oklahoma State loses Bedlam to Oklahoma. Well, at that point to me, there's two losses for Oklahoma State. And there's not enough of the resume that stands out to me for Oklahoma to where I could put them back in the top four. Which means even though AM has two losses on the year, those two losses are less significant than the two wins that Oklahoma gets. That Oklahoma gets over top-ranked teams. So I would say that Oklahoma actually is still behind the likes of A&M. Now, if Oklahoma State wins out, there's a whole other conversation we had. But keep in mind, also, really interesting, really fun subject that we had. A&M does hold the key to its own destiny now. Auburn did. Auburn did going into this game because Auburn had a one-loss record. Their loss came to Georgia. A&M's losses came to um, Arkansas and the Mississippi State. Now the Aggies actually control their own destiny. Because if AM wins out and they get a big old thank you from Sam Pittman or from the likes of Brian Harson in the Iron Bowl and Alabama loses a game, AM moves up to number one if they win out. They'll be 10 and 2. Alabama will be 10 and 2. 
but Alabama's loss will be to A&M. So A&M will actually go to the likes of the SEC championship. Now, at that point, I would say right then and there, A&M is guaranteed to go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. They can lose by 80. They could lose by 85 points to uh, Georgia. Absolutely, they could. They would go to a New Year's Six Bowl game, hands down. Like, it, it's done. If they represent the SEC West in the SEC Championship game, they're going to New Orleans, they're going to Glendale, they're going to Atlanta, they're going to one of the two. They're going to one of the three. That's going to happen. So that's a big positive. And say they win. You're not leaving the two-loss team out, and you're definitely not leaving the SEC champion out. So guess who comes in at probably the number four seed, despite being two losses? Texas A&M. Everything moving forward actually has a purpose. It's not just, oh, A&M needs to beat up on Ole Miss this weekend. They do. They 100% do. But Arkansas versus Alabama is now interesting. The Iron Bowl is now very, very, very interesting. Winning in the winning in the swamp, I mean, winning in the bayou, in Death Valley, at night, in Ed Orgeron's final game, is now very, very, very interesting. Over a month ago, it felt like for one quick second that there was never going to be hope at Texas A&M for 2021. Two losses early on, the way Alabama was playing, and the way that A&M was looking, they'd be lucky to get probably the Belk Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, the uh, Liberty Bowl. Now, there's a very good shot that Texas A&M not only is playing for a New Year's Six Bowl game, but they can still make the college football playoff if everything goes according to plan. It is a great time to be an Aggie. That's all I have to say about that. The other thing I have to say is this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Price Picks. Guys who love fantasy sports or girls who love fantasy sports, listen up. I got a deal for you. If you love everything about fantasy but want to bring it to the collegiate level, go ahead and sign up with Prize Picks. It's a daily wager app that gives you football prize props more than anyone else in the world from star players at the Power 5 schools as well as mid-majors that you might have never even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to interceptions to receiving yards. So whatever you're trying to make, go ahead and do so. You can pick up to two to five players in an over-under projections and win up to 10 times the amount of money. And if you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you will receive a 100% instant deposit to match up to $100. So you bet $100, you get $100. You bet $80, you get $80. Go ahead and make those bets when you use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get an extra up to $100 to make your bet. By the way, it's very easy to get your money. Entries can be made in 60 seconds. They're safe, fast withdrawals for you. Stop sitting on the sidelines. Get into the action. Start making bets today with Price picks. Locked on Aggies is also brought to you by McDonald's. Now, again, McDonald's has been proudly serving customers from the across the great uh, community since 1965. It has always been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where class, classmates meet up after study hours to go get some endless French fries and, of course, dip them in a vanilla or chocolate milkshake. It's a delectable treat. I can tell you that right now. It's where I go to always get the McRib. The McRib is back. I understand that it is probably uh, the, the the most uh, controversial item on the menu. It's delicious. It's nutritious. It's to me, it's the best thing that I've ever eaten from McDonald's time and time again. And I'm probably going to go run after the doing this episode and go get myself a McRib. So next time you want to go, make sure you remember Locked on Aggies and make sure you stop by and tell them that 
I sent you, Cole Thompson, Locked on Aggies. And maybe soon, we'll even have a Locked on Aggies watch party right here on YouTube or on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want to go listen to this podcast. Maybe sponsored by the good old people of Mr. McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, let's go ahead and talk about some other things that I know about the basketball playoff poll and how this could affect Texas a um, I'm not worried about Cincinnati. Not even a little bit. Like, like, Cincinnati could easily be ahead of Texas a Don't care. Don't care. Like, do not care whatsoever. A&M wins out. A&M has two losses. A&M does its job and gets the SEC championship. They could win the SEC championship, and people would go ahead and say, oh, well, this is a team that has one loss in two years. A&M is three. Doesn't matter, dude. You beat the number one team in the country twice. Not only that, you did it on the you did it at home in a hostile environment, and you did it in basically uh, Athens's backyard in the likes of Georgia. Because of you know when you play the game in Atlanta every year, Athens is a forty minute drive away, so it's right there. I mean, it, it, it's right there. You're playing in the backyard of the enemy. So Georgia every year that they get an opportunity to go play, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna show up. And they're gonna do a pretty good dang job doing it too. But Let's also talk about the other teams. Michigan State, a lot has to go right. They have to beat Ohio State. They also have to find a way to hope that Ohio State beats up on Michigan. They have to hopefully find a way to win the SEC. I mean, the uh, the Big Ten East at this point, or the Big Ten West at this point, East at this point, you know, solidify their status. You got to do the same thing if you're Michigan. You have to now beat Ohio State to get in. Ohio State, they have to win out to be able to get in. It's not that easy of a pathway yet. And I said multiple times in the past, I believe when you look right now at the case of the Big Ten, the Big Ten is about to implode on itself. That's the problem you have when you have all these teams ranked inside the top 10. It's great at first. You know, it's really nice to see that Ohio State and Michigan State and Iowa and Wisconsin and uh, X team and Y team and Z team are all represented. Hardy, hoity, hits, hits, doots, doots, do, all in the same top 10. And then you're going to implode on each other. And if all of you implode on each other, you all lose. Because at the end of the day, only one team gets to go. Only one. What's the team? Which is the team that gets to go? Is it going to be the likes of New? Um, is it going to be the likes of Ohio State? Is it going to be the likes of Michigan State? No, no, um, it could be none of them. It honestly could. You could make a valid argument that they are two losses, and they will consider that those two losses are worse than the two losses of any SEC team. Consider this, if you will: the College Football Playoff Committee said, and I quote, that even though Michigan State beat Michigan in East Lansing at home. Michigan's a better team because Michigan was the first team, second team left out, not Michigan State. So with that in mind, they are taking into consideration the losses that you have. That alone actually could hurt Texas A&M because if you're starting to see how certain losses affect you, for some reason, Baylor was not affected by losing to TCU, an unranked TCU team that is likely not going to qualify for a bowl game. And yet they moved down like one spot or two spots. That's you know, a little, what are we going to do with that one? And then you look at the likes of, let's see, who's a, who's a team that actually makes a lot of sense here? Oh, I got one for you. Uh, Michigan, who 
lost to Ohio, uh, lost to Michigan State, but they didn't lose to Purdue. They didn't lose to a non-Power 5 team. They, they didn't lose to a team that wasn't ranked. And Purdue, meanwhile, goes from being just this little lovable, hi, we're Purdue, we do stuff, you know, I love Woods Lafayette, to when they play top five teams, freaking hulking, kind of style. Like, that's, that's what they do. So Texas A&M actually could get hurt in that aspect because when you think about it, you also have to hope that somehow Arkansas keeps winning to move up the rankings. You also have to hope that actually Auburn beats, but barely, barely beats Mississippi State. I mean, Mississippi State barely beats Auburn because you need Mississippi State to be ranked again. And if all those teams are ranked that you're playing, well, then it looks a little bit better. But if teams start falling off the wagon, if you know, if Auburn doesn't get ranked anymore, and if um, if uh, Arkansas isn't ranked anymore, and then if um, uh, Mississippi State isn't ranked anymore, and then if Ole Miss isn't ranked anymore, then you have a problem. And you're starting to see that happen because Kentucky, the win that they had over Florida, looked really good at first, and then it didn't, and now it looks horrendous, and now. Anybody who's beaten Kentucky, so a Tennessee team, which feels like they are on the rise underneath Josh Heupel, it don't mean anything anymore because of they're not ranked. And they're probably not going to be ranked for the remainder of the year because of they lost three straight games in a row, which is a major problem. And the reason I bring all this up because if you have to remember that right now the way that the college ball playoff poll is, is a nightmare. There is no right answer. There is no right formula. And there is no actually P's and Q's. So... Keep that in mind when Texas A&M wins out the rest of the year at 10-2 and two, and Alabama loses at 10-2 and two, and Alabama is actually ranked higher than Texas A&M because of they didn't play in the SEC championship game. Just, I'm, just, I'm just putting all that out there because of the, the losses do hurt at times. And you're starting to see that with other programs. So I just want to throw that out there as something to keep a close eye on for Texas A&M as a negative of being ranked this high and where this could actually end up going. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, have you ever had Built Bar? Yeah, if you haven't, don't worry. It's really good, and you're missing out on one of the best flavors. They say it's a protein bar, but it's not. It actually is more like a candy bar because most protein bars are chalky, waxy, just plain hard to choke down and eat. Built Bars are soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and the second you bite into them, you know you're eating something different. But they're low in calories, low in sugar, low in fat, high in protein, great for fiber. And for anyone on the keto diet, they're absolutely delicious. So whether you want a coconut, a raspberry, a mint brownie, a salted caramel, a double chocolate, a cherry barcia, there's always new flavors also coming out. You can check them every single day at BuiltBar.com. But go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your very next purchase. That's LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop being the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. All right, all of you betting odds people, the NFL season is at the midway point. You're about ready to come down the stretch for college football, college basketball started back up. Good day for to be an AM fan. And on top of all of that, we also have all these other sports. So make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust when making your bets. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, the best wagers, odds, and much, much more. Go visit them every single day for daily picks, wages, odds, and all these other places from NFL to MLB to college football, college basketball, and all these other intakes. Stop seeing the sidelines and get into the action. 
Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% of a welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's go ahead and turn our attention to what has to happen against Ole Miss. I won't go into much detail. We don't have a lot of time, but here's what I will say. The one thing that you have to watch for, if you are Texas A&M, this is a very big deal. This is a very, very, very big deal. Everybody wants to talk about the pass. Everybody wants to talk about Matt Corral and what Matt Corral can do throwing the football and how this offense that is run underneath Lane Kiffin, this West Coast run-gun style that, you know, they allow them to pass it, you know, 40 times a game. That's great. They excel on the ground. They may not do it often, but they do it efficiently. That is the key that I don't think anybody's talking about. Ole Miss may actually be one of the most underrated teams in the country when it comes to rushing attack and nobody talks about it. Nobody. They have three running backs. I'm blanking on the third one's name, but Jerion Ely and Snoop Connor are averaging over five yards per carry. Just like Tank Bigsby, just like Jarquez Hunter. It's the same thing. And Ely is actually more like a Devon A-chain, and Snoop Connor is more like an Isaiah Spiller, and Connor gets less reps than Ely. Ely actually is more efficient in the air and as a pass catcher and as a um, as a lead back with home run speed, they utilize him way more than Snoop Connor. Connor is really good in the red zone. And th- I think that's why he's leading. Like, I think he's leading the NF, uh, leading the SEC in rushing touchdowns. I know he's leading Ole Miss in rushing touchdowns because of that's just how talented he is and how well he moves the ball inside the red zone. But this is a team that has, if I'm not mistaken. 27 rushing touchdowns on the year. And I think Matt Corral has 21 passing touchdowns. So they very much know how to run the football. If I am somebody looking at this game and I'm trying to figure out how do I beat Ole Miss, I stop the run. Because if they're playing injured at wide receiver, Braylon Sanders has been playing hurt. Ontario Drummond didn't play last week. Um, the, the third guy I'm blanking on did not play. Uh, 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 Dennis, Dennis Sands, I think is how you say his name. Denise Sands or something like that. He came in and he played very minimal going into this game. Uh, Dane Sims, I think is how you say it, actually. Uh, Dane, Dane Sims. That was his first really big game. So they're kind of depleted at the thing that makes Matt Corral fly, which is his ability to sling it deep downfield. And he's also playing injured. He also is playing very much injured right now with everything going on with him because of he had that ankle sprain in week nine, I want to say it was two or three, whenever they played Tennessee, whenever they played Tennessee that day, they had the ankle, he had the ankle sprain and he has not recovered fully yet. So he is playing still very limited in that aspect. When I look top to bottom, you want to go ahead and beat Ole Miss, take away the running element because they're injured at wide receiver and you're going to put a lot more pressure on Corral to pass. And if by if chance you do the same thing you did against Corral that you did against Bo Nix, um, He's going to be in trouble. You may actually have to rely on John Reese Plumley or whoever the other backup is to play. You really might because of honestly, I don't think Lane Kiffin is going to waste Corral for the end of the season for a you know for a bowl game, especially when this could be a nine and three season for them. I don't think that he's going to drop him out there if they're going to completely get him killed. And they're playing injured on the offensive line. They're playing injured at wide receiver. Take away the run element. You take away the run element. 
I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be an actually very easy game for Texas A&M to win. I have no doubt about it. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, I'll break down more of this game, and it's Texas Thursday. It's going to be a short in Texas Thursday. Don't worry. I'm going to go more so focus in on the keys, the players to watch for on both sides of the ball, who have really shined, who have really struggled at times. We'll talk about that and much, much more. See you then. Remember, give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.